Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the Word of God today? Today, I will do more like a teaching rather than preaching because I will read many scriptures to show you the will of God. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, that we can come together in the presence of your Holy Spirit, who is our great teacher. Lord, we want to be disciples who obey your word. We don't want to play game. We don't want to be just nominal Christians. We want to be doers of the word, and we want to give you all the glory on earth here. Lord, we know that one day we will be with you for eternity in heaven, and before we go there, we are living on earth to please you, to make a big impact on this city and society and in the world together. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word that we can learn and we can understand by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, and we open our heart to hear what you want to say. We want to follow your word. We know that when we obey you, it shows that we love you, and we shall be blessed. The blessing of Abraham will follow us and take over us and come over us, Lord, because we are obedient children of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. A couple of Sundays ago, I share that God gave me five mandates from heaven for the end time church. And I mentioned about number one: we need to love and build the local church. The local church is the heart of God; is the apple of His eyes. He loved the church, and He died for the church. And He showed Himself on earth through His church. That's what the Bible says. He manifests His wisdom to the principalities and authority in this universe through the church. Please go back to listen to that teaching. At the CD table, or you can download from podcast, or you can listen in the YouTube. The second thing that God spoke to me is that He wants the end time church people to be holy, and we're going to talk about that today. Holy, everyone say holy. holy. Number three, He wants us to grow up to become mature Christians, to become more like Jesus Christ in our attitude, words, action, anointing, lifestyle. And the way we live, we need to grow up to become mature Christians. Stop being a baby. Number four, God wants us to be blessed, to be victorious people, because if the sheep have broken legs, broken nose, look bad, the shepherd look bad too. So, in order to show to people in the world that our God is a great and good God, His sheep or His people need to look good. When I say look good, means spiritually. And everything in our life, we need to be blessed, and we should be fruitful and effective and victorious in this life to shine the glory of God to this lost and dying world. And the last one, number five, he want the Christians in the end time to really welcome, embrace, and live in the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord means 
the thick presence of God. We need to learn how to plug into the presence of God every day. And we're going to go into those things in detail later on. But today we want to talk about holiness. This is a rare subject you hear in the church because it's sensitive, and most people don't want to hear it. They think that they are saved by grace. They can live whatever they want. They can cheat. They can lie. They can commit adultery. They can do whatever they want because they are saved by grace. But actually, if we look at the Bible carefully, God called us to be holy. God is holy. In fact, God even called the Spirit, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. His name is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, He is the Holy God. He is definitely holy and perfect. The Scripture record that God expects us to live a holy life. Let me read many Scripture in Exodus chapter three, verse five. Do not come any closer. God said, "Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground." When Moses encountered the presence of God on that mountain, because he is there, his holiness is there, and everything around there is holy. So he told Moses, "Respect me, honor me. I'm the holy God. Take off your sandal." You need to honor the Lord because He is the Holy God. He called Himself, "I'm the Holy God." Amen. Therefore, I want to encourage all of you: the more you know God, believe me, the more you will reverence Him. You will fear Him, not fear ghosts, not fear like a scare, but you show respect and honor to Him. What happens if a president of America show up in this room? He walk in right now. What you gonna do? Definitely, you need to honor him. You all stand up and give honor to the president of the United States. No matter you like him or not, you need to honor him. Okay. So some people like the president, some people don't. But it's beside the issue. But we need to honor the king and the president. God is the king of all kings. He is perfect and holy. We need to honor him every day when you walk in your life. You need to ask this question in your own heart. Let me give you the question. Do I love God? Do I fear God? Do I honor God? Do I obey God? This is how I live every single day, every single minute. I ask myself: Do I love my God? Do I honor my God in this action or in this behavior? Do I fear God? And do I obey God? This question come up in my mind twenty four seven. Everything I do. Because I care about what God think about me, and I want to please God. God is holy. Everyone say, "Do I fear God? Do I honor God? Do I love God? Do I obey God?" Amen. Leviticus chapter twenty, verse twenty-six. You are to be holy to me, because I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations. To be my own, the people in the world are living in sin and in rebellion. If you look at the TV program, you read the newspaper, everywhere the world system is affected by the devil. So, our children and you yourself are bombarded by the idea of the world that is okay to live in sin. The nations, 
don't care much about holiness. Amen. Yesterday I was babysitting my two grandchildren and watch a TV program with them, the cartoon. Pastor Dan, I have the idea came up at the same time because in that cartoon they emphasize about how the person look, the dress, how nice the toy. So they emphasize the materialism, and we look at each other. Wow, this is the world system that the honor come from. How nice the house is, or how nice the cloth is. They emphasize the materialism very much. The world system. God say you are to be holy. You need to have the mind of Christ. You have to think the way I think. You cannot be contaminated by the system of the world. You must be holy because I am holy. Isaiah chapter six verse three. And one cried to another and said, "This is the angel in heaven. Do you know that the word holiness or the characteristic of God called holiness has been mentioned in the Bible far more than any characteristic of God? Far more, more than even love, more than even gentleness and generosity. Whatever holiness is emphasized in the Bible a lot. Holy." Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. One day we're gonna go to heaven and stand before the holy God. And when you are there, you're gonna see that He is so perfect, blameless, without any mistake, without any sin, without any wrong thing. He is perfect and excellent. He is the holy God. First Peter chapter one verse sixteen, the New Testament, because it is written, "Be holy, I am holy." We need to make a decision to grow up in holiness. We make a decision that we will not live a sinful life. We're going to live a holy life. Revelation chapter four verse eight. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come." Again, from the New Testament to the New Testament and to the last book of the Bible, emphasize holiness. The Hebrew language of the word holiness means otherness, otherness. It means separation. Yourself from the imperfection, from the impurity, and the uncleanness of the world. You separate yourself. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are in the world to show God's holiness to the world. God is perfect, blameless, pure, excellent, and worthy of praise and honor. When we come on Sunday morning, our church love to worship. We worship almost forty minutes or half an hour. We just stand up and raise our hand to God because He's a holy God. He deserves our praise and worship because He's perfect, blameless. Amen. We worship Him because He is that kind of God. He's such a great, perfect, and blameless God. And He say we should do the same thing. We should be perfect and blameless like God. And that takes some process to go there. God wants us to live a holy life. Look at Ephesians chapter one, verse four. It's the will of God for us to live a holy life. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Just as He shows us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Before God's eyes. Do you know that you can lie to me? You can act like you're so holy in front of me. And behind the scene, you do whatever you want. Behind my eyes, behind your parents' eyes, or your husband's eyes, or your wife's eyes, there's another person that is looking at you all the time. Before his eyes, he knows what you are doing. He knows even deep into your attitude, your thoughts. Whatever you do, he knows everything. And he said that, be holy and blameless before me. Man may not see it, but God sees it. You need to live a holy life before the Lord. First Peter chapter 1, verses 15 to 16, again. But as he who calls you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. I remember many years ago when we moved to America, Pastor Da went to a shopping mall and the counter woman returned money to her, the, the change. For example, she paid in one hundred dollars. The lady need to give her back after calculate. For example, I don't remember the number, fifty dollars. But when she got back home, Pasada called the money. The lady gave her too much. Pasada decided to drive back to the mall and return the, the money that she gave too much back to her and say, "We don't want to cheat you. Even ten dollars or twenty dollars, we're gonna return this." back to you so that we will live a holy life in front of the eyes of God. She did not have to tell me. She did not have to tell anybody. She can keep that money, but it's not worth it. We need to be holy before the eyes of God. Amen? That should be the lifestyle of the believer. We are holy people. We don't cheat. We don't do anything to harm anybody. We separate ourselves from the, this crooked way of the world. We should be holy people. Amen? Wow, everyone is so quiet today. Everyone loves this preaching. I know that. You love this preaching. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. The Bible says, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short period of time and chastised us as seemed proper and good to them. But He, God, disciplines us for our certain good that we may become sharers in His own holiness. How many people have been spanked by God? How many people have been disciplined by God? I can raise two hands. <laughs> I have been disciplined by God so many times in my life and make me down to my knee and on the floor. God, I'm sorry. I would not do that again. I was naughty, naughty, naughty. And God spanked me. God disciplined me, and I turn around and stop sinning. Sometimes God needs to discipline us so that we can stop living a sinful life or being rebellious against God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues or the perfection, the holiness of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. First Peter 2, 9 says, We are the holy nation. 
We need to demonstrate to this world His holiness. I read so many scriptures to show you that this is not my own idea. It's in the Bible that God really expects us to live a holy life. Now come to this point, you say, "I cannot do it. So hard. I still live in the flesh. I still have my own sinful desire. How am I going to do this? How am I going to live a holy life? Thank God. God can help us. There are two parts: our part and His part. We do our part, and He does His part. There is an English word in the Bible that means to make you holy. God makes you holy. That word is a high word for me called sanctification. There are two words in the Bible that I want to explain to you a little bit: sanctification and justification. Sanctification means God come and deal with you. To make you holy, spank you, discipline you, teach you whatever, He will try to make you holy in a real way, sanctified. But justification is different. Justification is position. I still sometimes eat rice. Last night I went to the Thai restaurant. We ate some Thai food. Sometimes we ate steak. My accent is not typical American people. Some people could not stand my accent because I did not grow up here. When I listen to American people talking in English, sometimes oh, I like to talk like them. But no matter what I try, I still speak with accent. I still sometimes make wrong pronunciation, and I got laugh at all the time about the way I speak because I, like two Sundays ago, somebody laughed at me because I say one word but I say it wrongly in English language. So they come to me and say. You spoke it wrongly. I tell you, when I operate in the operating room, sometimes I give command to the nurse, and the nurse always teases me my accent. So sometimes I say, "How about this?" Tim always teases me. He's a nurse there at Evergreen Hospital. I say, "Tim, why don't we do this? Let's fly to Thailand together, and I drop you on the street, and I will leave you alone there and try to survive talking Thai language there. You will understand me more to live in America and speaking." Not mother tongue language. You understand me more. And Tim just laughed, and he always say, "I'm waiting for the airplane ticket." <laughs> he like me to buy airplane ticket to him, and he tease me all the time. For example, maybe give you one example. One time I say like this, okay, don't laugh at me. I say, I just went to Houston because Y O U is Jew, so H O U S should be Houston to me. Y O U is Jew. H O U S Houston, and he laughed at me. He said, "No, not Houston, Houston." Oh God! Ah, English language, please. Yes, I don't look American. I speak with accent, but by position, I am American. I have naturalization as American citizen. I carry American passport. In the same way, justification means you are the saints. You are the righteous. People by position, by the blood of Jesus, by what Jesus did for you, you are the saints of God because you put your faith in Jesus. So when I call, for example, when I call Dawn, Saint Dawn, you are the righteous man. That is your position. But is he perfect? Is he completely holy? Not yet. Still on the process. Amen. Amen. I call Saint Chris. 
because you are the righteous person in the eyes of God. The blood of Jesus on you, the righteousness of God is on you. You are the saint in the eyes of God. But are you perfect? Not yet. Saint Da, Saint Tom, we are the saint. We are justified by faith because we believe in Jesus, and the blood of Jesus cleanses. We are justified. But sanctification is different. Sanctification means to make you really holy in the real way. Real, real way. You become holy like God. First Corinthians chapter six, verse eleven. We will read the word sanctified. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified. Washed by the blood, sanctified by God, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit. Of our God, three words at the same time: washed by the Word and by the blood of Jesus, sanctified, and you justified in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, you are justified. Now we're going to look at how God sanctified us. Okay, let's look at how God sanctified us. What is the procedure or the process of sanctification? From glory to glory, we grow up more and more, become like Christ. John chapter seventeen, verse nineteen. John seventeen nineteen. And for their sake, I sanctify myself. This is what the Lord Jesus say. I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So the first thing we learn here, how God sanctified us. The process number one: you need to step in to believe in Jesus. Jesus is the door into sanctification. Without believing in Jesus, you cannot be holy. You come through Jesus, and then when you come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, He used His Word to sanctify you. In other words, if you don't know the Bible, it's impossible to live a holy life. The Bible gives us What is right? What is wrong? What is God's will? What is not God's will? The more you know the Bible, the more you can live a holy life. That's the reason why we record teaching, we make into MP3 podcast, YouTube, so that our new members who came later on can go back to the old library to listen all the teaching. We have hundreds of teaching, so that you can study different subject for free of charge. Our church give you. The sermon at the CD table, free of charge. You don't have to even pay one penny, except you have to buy the hard drive or something to get the material. So please be diligent in getting into the Word of God, reading the Word of God, and listening to the teaching, so that you can be sanctified by His Word. Number two, what else? Romans chapter six, verse nineteen. Romans six nineteen. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. We are living the flesh. The flesh is a sinful nature. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now, now as a children of God, present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. So the second principle now your part your responsibility. 
you make a commitment. Like for example, when I walk out with Pasada on the wedding day in that Catholic church, palm palm palm, I say that this is my wife. I will be faithful to her until the last day of my life. I will never betray her. I will be true to her in sickness, in health, in the poor time, or in the rich time. I will be faithful to this woman until I die. I make a commitment. In the same way, after you become a Christian, you need to make a commitment. God, I gave my body, my organs, my hands, my eyes as a living sacrifice to you. My body, my eyes, my hand, my mouth, everything in my body will be the instrument of righteousness. If you feel tempted to steal something at your office, you let go. My hand is not gonna get involved with sin. Amen. When somebody hand you the pornographic book, and you don't even know, you open up. Oh, this is not good book. You turn it out. Throw into the fire, burn it. You don't want to use your eyes, your hand, your body to get involved with unrighteousness. You make that commitment. Like I make commitment with my patient. Every time I go to my office, I will not lie to my patients. I will not do any surgery to just make money. I will not cheat my patient. I will be truthful to my patient. If they don't need surgery, no surgery. I'm not going to do unnecessary surgery just to make me rich. I want to be honest to my patient. I make that commitment. Amen. That is commitment. You make decision that you're going to use your body as an instrument of righteousness. Another one, Matthew chapter three, verses eleven to twelve. Now God's part. God's part. Jesus, the truth, the word of God. Our part. Make a commitment. Now God's part again. Matthew three eleven to twelve. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. John the Baptist was talking about Jesus, the Son of the Living God, the Lamb of God, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Not all and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. The threshing floor is the church. This is not the world. His people, his threshing floor, the church, and gather his wheat, his saints into his barn, into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is not the hell fire. We talk about threshing floor, the church. We're talking about clean up the chaff, the wheat. God sent God's people. There are a few kinds of fire. Four, actually. Let me explain to you. Number one, the hell fire that we don't want to emphasize today. Number two, the fire at the judgment seat of Christ. That day when you stand before Jesus, if you serve God with wrong motive. The fire will burn up all the things you do, and you get into heaven with no rewards. The fire of judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. Number three, the fire of hardships in your life. You face hardship to make you stronger in your faith. And number four, this one, the baptism with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Most. 
Pentecostal and Charismatic Church emphasize only the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. In the Acts chapter 2, part of it, that is to be empowered to serve God. But we totally ignore most charismatic churches ignore the baptism with fire, which is holiness, quenching. Burning the chaff. The chaff is not is something you don't want in your life. Your sin, your the demon, the curse, all the bad things in your life, the doubt, the selfishness, the bad attitude. So God say, I send my fire, my Holy Spirit, to burn the junk out of you, the chaff out of you. Baptism with fire. I myself met the fire of God first time in 1997. I got born again in 1981. I was on fire for God. I loved the Word. I went to church every Sunday, served God, teaching the Word of God. But I still struggle with many sins in my life, struggle with a lot of wrong attitude and wrong doctrines. And eventually, I came to the point. I say, God, I struggle. I could not be holy like what you say. I loved you so much. I know the Word, but I could not do it. I still struggle with bad attitudes, with wrong actions. Eventually, I say, God, there must be something missing in my life that I cannot do what the Bible says. Then God led me to a revival meeting where I met the file of God the first time. The file of God hit me, burned me. After that, I stayed in the file of God all this year since 1997, and I can see that every single year, my life is more and more cleansed and more sanctified, less sinful thinking. My lifestyle, my conducts have been changed by the fire of God. Stay burning and burning the chaff away from my life. And this is something missing in the body of Christ a lot. So you need to understand that when I lay hand on you and move in the fire, it's not just about this guy is crazy about laying on of hand. Oh, he's Pentecostal. He lay hand. Oh, people get touched by God. No, 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 no. Behind my heart, I have the doctrine here. Not just about showing off. I lay hand and people get touched by God. In deep in my heart, I want God's people to be sanctified by the file of God so that they can live a holy life and that lifestyle will pass into their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. And then all this junk will go out of you. The sickness and curses and disease and demon and sinful habit will go out of you by the file of God. God loved you so much. That's why He sent you to this church where we believe in the file of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at another one. How to be holy. Sanctification. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 Pursue peace with all people and holiness. God say, pursue holiness. Amen. How many people work hard here? Work hard. Why do you work hard? So that you get the raise, you get a promotion, and not only that, you get a good paycheck, you can pay your bill, you can buy a nice house, nice car. You pursue something, is it right? That's why you work so hard. You pursue good lifestyle. You work hard. You take responsibility, get promotion, make your customer like you, make your boss like you. When I first moved to America, I worked at Harborview Hospital for 
my professor and chairman, Dr. Richard Wynn. Oh, I work so hard. I want to make sure he likes me, so he give me the job as a foreign doctor, and I want him to be pleased with me. Anything my boss say, yes, sir, I do it. No matter how hard, hard it is, when he call me and yell at me because I make mistake, yes, sir, yes, sir, and I never argue back. I always to my boss because I pursue to get the diploma of American Board of Neurosurgery. I want to finish my training. I want to be doing well. I want to be successful in my job. I work hard to pursue success. The same thing we need to pursue in our Christian life: holiness. Without which, the Bible says, without which, no one will see the Lord. So, be careful. I cannot judge anybody. But I believe that not everybody who attends the church will go to heaven, because somebody who attends the church and claim to be Christian, they come for other reasons. That's why Jesus say, "Not everyone who call me Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do His will." What is His will? Holiness, living in faith, love your neighbors, obey the Bible. You need to show your faith in action that you pursue holiness. You're not playing game, amen. I pray that hundred percent of church members here will go to heaven with me. That's why I preach strong message. I don't go around the bush because I want you to get the right message, amen. Everyone say, my job, my job. is to pursue holiness. My job is to keep my body as a slave. To righteousness, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10. For they indeed a few days chasten us as seemed best to them, mean the worldly father. But he God for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now God back to God. God sent Jesus, sent His Word, sent the file of the Holy Spirit. Now God does His part, spanking. Spanking you, so that you will stop sinning. Amen. Everyone say, "I love God discipline." How many people want to be disciplined by God? I try to stay away from sin as much as I can because I don't want to be disciplined by God. Amen. <laughs> I want to repent as soon as possible. Last one, which is related to the fifth mandate for the end time church. And I will stop here. Second Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, as being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me explain quickly, and I will end this sermon. Everyone say, from glory to glory. Sanctification is a process. From being less like God, little by little, you become more like God. Years after years, you're sanctified, you're cleansed from glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory. Definitely, we need the Word. We need the fire. We need to make a decision to give our body as a slave to righteousness. We need to welcome the 
spanking or the discipline of God, we make effort to pursue holiness. Not only that, one of the way that God do. Let me explain this. By my nature, okay, I am a very stingy man. I admit to you right now, in front of the whole congregation, I'm a very stingy man. I was, I was a stingy man by nature. When I was a young boy, a young man, no one can touch my car. I would not let anybody borrow my car. Any toy I have, don't touch. I was stingy by nature, not am, was. Until one day, I marry a woman named Pasada, Dararat Lohaprasit. She is a generous woman, very generous. She gave to her parents since she was a young girl. She gave to everybody. She helped. She loved to give and be generous. After I marry her and stay in the same home for many years, my stinginess start to go down, and my generosity start to go up. So what I try to say is this: When you hang out with somebody, that character spill on you, really spill on you. If you hang out with the drug addict or the alcoholics, you're gonna be alcoholics like them. If you let them influence you, if you hang out with godly, generous, God-fearing people, you will be like that. But that is human level, okay? Human level. That's why I mentioned one time that church, we are the family. Young woman come in, get married. It's good to have older woman around you who help you how to be a good wife, good mom. You learn from somebody have better character and have passed through life more than you, more experience. To hang around with godly woman, men too. Hang around with godly men. You're gonna learn something from that godly man. The anointing will flow into you. Okay, that's human level. Now, what does the Second Corinthians chapter three eighteen mean? If you hang out with God on a regular basis, you're going to become more like Him. That's what it means. The Bible talk about the veil on the face. You remember when Moses walked down from the mountain, the glory was on him so strong that the children of Israel could not look at his face. So strong anointing, so strong glory. The word glory means two things. Number one means thick presence of God. Two, the complete, perfect attributes of God. When God shows up, He will come with His perfect, holy attributes or characteristics. God shows up on the body of Moses. His face shines the glory. He has to put the veil on him so that people could not look at his face and. The eyes may become blind because of the thick presence of God on His face. Now, in this generation, in the church era, we don't need that veil anymore, because the Holy Spirit come out from the temple and live inside of you and around you. What does the Bible mean here? We need to welcome the presence of God. We need to live in the atmosphere of the presence of God. When the presence of God show up, His character will rub on you. His generosity, His kindness, His love, His mercy, His patience, His long suffering, His perfection will rub on you. It's true. For example, sometimes I may have a little bit of bad attitude because I'm tired. 
But when I start to move in the Holy Spirit and lay hand on people in the mission trip, the Holy Spirit came on me and I was beholding, or wrapped, or being soaked in the presence of God. Suddenly, everyone looked good. I don't hate them anymore. I love them. Everyone look good and have faith, and I feel compassion on people because I hang around. I am in the glory of God. His character, His holiness, rub on me. If the glory can be on the body of Moses, can the glory be on your body today? Yes. Can your home be like a temple filled with the presence of God? Yes. Can you sit in the car and the presence of God is on you? Yes. That is your right through Jesus Christ. Therefore, as believer, we must love the presence of God. We must love His glory wrapping around and hang out with Him a lot in your devotion time in the church. Hang out with God, and God's attribute of holiness gonna wrap on you, and you become more holy like Him. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? Okay, beholding His glory, beholding His presence, just. Like just as by the Spirit, it means that the person who show up nowadays in our life is the Spirit of the Living God. Amen. I don't know about you. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's so wonderful to be touched and be filled with the Holy Spirit anywhere you go. Amen. Pursue holiness. So, in conclusion, number one, God is holy. Number two, we need to live a holy life. And it's process. We don't judge one another. We don't point finger. Or oh, you are not as holy as me. No, 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 no. We don't judge each other. We are on the way to holiness. We are on the road to become more holy as years go by. During the meantime, in this process, we get into the Word. We keep our faith in Jesus. We get into the file of God. We make commitment every morning when we wake up. I will use my body as an instrument. Of righteousness, a slave to righteousness. I welcome the discipline of God. I repent very quickly. I will pursue holiness, and if the presence of God show up, I will not kick him out. I will just be marinated in the presence of God. I like to go to church every Sunday to be in the presence of God. I want to be in a care group so the presence of God will rub on me, and I will become more like Him. Amen. That is the way to. Move into holiness, Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray, and then we will do the love offering. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn how to be holy, to be sanctified by you, Lord. Lord, I pray that the members in this church will be really inspired by you to pursue holiness, and we can represent you on earth when. People in our office, in our classroom, at the workplace, see our life. They will see Jesus in us, Lord. They will see God's holiness in us. We thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us the truth, and the truth shall set us free. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. How many people say I pursue holiness from today on? Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206 
275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.